welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is doing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. I'm going to talk a lot of basketball today as uh, there were a lot of different news nuggets coming out from yesterday dealing with the Razorback basketball team and some other things that have been going on the weekend because there was a great show on the morning rush as we had a former Razorback Nick Mason in with us, which, you know, I love Nick. I know some people have some issues with him, but his information was really good and had some great conversation that I wanted to carry over here into this podcast. And it really started yesterday um, when there was some reports coming out from uh, just, (laughs) I'll just be honest, I'll just name the source. It was from Trey Shap of 103.7 The Buzz about about a guy by the name of Justice Hill. You know Justice Hill, right? Justice Hill is Fitz Hill's son. He is a kid that has been committed to the University of Arkansas for quite some time to play basketball. And uh, he was really good at football, but basketball was really his sport. And he enrolled early. He uh, graduated early. He did all the things that he needed to do to get on Arkansas's campus. And it was reported yesterday by Trey Shapp that uh, he was not going to play football or basketball or anything at the University of Arkansas. He was just not going to play, and that was to, according to his sources down there in Destin and uh, for the uh, SEC meetings. And it caused quite a stir. In fact, a stir might be putting it lightly. It caused quite a controversy because later the reports were refuted by Kevin McPherson, who said, according to his sources, which he said he talked to the people who are close to the situation, I can only assume it was his family, just talking about Justice Hill's family, saying that that's not the case, that there is no reason to believe that he will not be playing any sport at the University of Arkansas. So he had disputing reports. Uh, the tweets ended up it ended up getting deleted uh, by the buzz over there, and it was just it was a weird situation, and it was. I don't know really what the truth is of the matter. Uh, something that was brought up on the show this morning is that there's a possibility that Justice Hill may not just be on scholarship. He can still play. He can still be a walk-on, but he may no longer be on scholarship. Now, that may be something. There's no evidence of it. It's not proven or anything like that, so I don't want people to run away, right away with it. But it is a possibility that has been discussed. And so the whole point of me bringing this up in the news report yesterday was because it really got traction going and showed how how vital of a situation this is for Eric Musselman and his basketball program. Uh, the reporting, you know, t- take it or leave it. it. It is what it is. But it kind of opened up the door for the conversation of the transfers that Eric Musselman is dealing with at the University of Arkansas. Folks, we're talking about him, brought, him bringing in five players Five players that are transferring in. And there's more to come. And this is according to uh, some of the sources that I have that they're not done yet. They're going to sign one, maybe even two more players for this upcoming class. And it's crazy because we've never really had to deal with anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. I've never covered anything like this at Arkansas where you've had this amount of transfers in this little of time. Uh, I mean, you've seen other guys like Dusty Hannes transfer in, Landis Harris transfer in, Jalen Barford, Daryl Macon, guys like that. Uh, they've transferred in. So I'm not to say they're, that Arkansas is completely and totally uh, new to the concept, but it certainly has never been to this level before. 
And it's it's a fascinating thing because college basketball is starting to turn into this regardless. But I've said this before, and I said it on the show this morning, and I'll say it again here on this podcast. Folks, you want Arkansas to win. You want them to win. And it really doesn't matter how they win. You want them to win. And Eric Musselman, in showcasing how he's going about and handling transfers, which we knew he did at Nevada, but how he's doing it right now does not mean that, oh, well, this is just how it's going to be every year. Arkansas is just going to get, get some guys off the team, bring some guys in. Get some guys off the team, bring some guys in. They're never going to go any high school recruiting, yada, 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 all that stuff. That's not what this is, and that's not what this tells me. What this tells me is that he wants to win now. There's no rebuilding process. There's no waiting until you get your guys in. There, there's no issue like that. There's nothing like that. It is win now and win at all cost. And it's a mentality that I love and that I appreciate from Eric Musselman. Listen, if a coach has ever said or if you've ever had or heard of a coach having a mentality of, I'm going to go and recruit your backup so you can teach him the ropes and because uh, you're the you're the guy. You're the guy I want. You're a good player. And as good as you are, we're going to have some guys come in and learn behind you and learn the ropes, and then they'll be your backup, and then once you leave, they'll step into the starting role. I don't want a coach that does that. I don't want a coach that has that mentality. I want a coach that will go out and recruit you or recruit your replacement. I want a coach that will tell you that, that'll tell you, yay, fine, you're a good player. Hey, you do some good things. But as good as you do them, I'm going to go find somebody that can do them better. Because this isn't this isn't like a knitting class. Like This is not something that you can mess around with, that you can wait around for, that you can just say, if you're Aaron Muslim and you come into this situation with Mike Anderson's former team and say, well... I got some pieces I can work with here. We'll see how it goes. And then, uh, you know, maybe two or three years once once I get these guys, you know, what they're owed, then we'll uh, move on from there and then we'll start to get our guys in. No. No, that's not the concept, nor should it be. The concept is winning and winning now. Winning at a high level. Getting guys that will immediately come in and win for you. Talent and recruiting is where it's all at. And, folks, I don't know about you, but if you can tell me that you're going to bring in a 21 or 22-year-old transfer that plays the same position as a 17, 18-year-old true freshman, odds are, and I know the talent level is always different, but odds are that older player is going to be better seasoned. Just their bodies are going to be different. Everything's going to be different about them. And so if you can bring in an upgrade at that position, then yes, you can. For instance, look at it this way. Keyshawn Embry Simpson transferred out of Arkansas. He's a true freshman last year. Had a couple good games here and there, but transferred out. Arkansas, one of the players they got to transfer in was Jimmy Witt. Now we all know about Jimmy Witt. But tell me honestly, folks, is Jimmy Witt right now as a grad transfer, as a 22-year-old kid, 23-year-old kid, better right now than what Keyshawn Embry Simpson was last year. Um, I don't know how many of you watch highlights on it, but the answer is yes. 
Jimmy Witt is a better option. And by being a better option, he opens up doors and opportunities for this team. So upgrading the roster. And here's another thing about Eric Musselman. He's not going out and just trying to get one, two, three, four, five, those position players in. Okay, we got to get the best five. We got to be the best four and the best three. Who's going to play the point? That's not how he's doing it either. He's going to roll out many times this year, too. He's going to roll out the five best players that he has. Because even if he has to roll with four guards, he may feel more comfortable with that because those players are better than rolling out a team going and going up against a team that has a few six, ten, and plus guys. He may be better fit to have those four guards and say, okay, well, let's throw somebody like uh, Ethan Henderson and Adriel Bailey out there because they're taller. No, because Eric Musselman believes that you can beat them. You can beat a team as long as you have the better players out there and that you continue to strive to have those better players out there. And that's the key to the whole element. And that's where people get confused by it all. They all think that, well, if you don't have the best full position groups and you got to have your post player and you got to have your small forward, then that's not how you're going to be successful. That's not the way the game's played now. Get your best five players, your top five players, and get them on the court together. And then have some guys that come off the bench and do some good things too. But get your most talented, your most capable, the best of their ability players out there and find ways to get them the ball. That's what it's going to come down to. Simple as that. But I just wanted to let everybody know how I felt about the whole situation with Eric Musselman, how I feel like it's going to be a dandy going forward, that is for sure. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, and get rewarded. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, having to deal with uh, SEC meetings that have been going on here in this past week. And there hasn't really been any major news of significance, but there has been a few things here and there uh, that I would like to bring up and would like to get into is that uh, the SEC is bringing in a outside firm to review the officiating from 2018 to see not only about making the rules better, but increasing the communication and the ability to communicate from not only the referees, but from the referees from the NCAA, the referees to the coaches, just everybody involved with the officiating, trying to increase the ways that they can talk to one another, that they can be around each other, and that they can understand, of course, how the officiating works and what needs to be called and what doesn't need to be called. This Now, this is not necessarily saying that the SEC – is doing a poor job officiating. I know that's the running joke, but it's not necessarily meaning that. But it is meaning that the SEC is constantly looking for ways to fix it. And there's been no doubt, folks. Because I and I know I do a show with Tommy Kraft, who is an official himself. He he stands up for the officials more often than not. Uh, that is a fact. And in some cases, I'll even agree with them. But there are times, and and I will even say this, that the SEC officiating, it, not to say that it's it's not good. Okay, it's not. It's not a good officiating group, by and large. Not saying every group or every official is bad. It's just not good. And I'm not saying that the SEC is the only way like that. 
It's just when the games matter more and when you have more intense situations and more intense games, the issues and the mistakes are going to be magnified times 20. So that's just the way the conference is, and that's just the way it's always going to be. So I don't have any issue with what uh, what the SEC is trying to do in bringing in something like this and, and bringing in a third-party deal. It makes sense. I mean, if you really think about it, it makes sense for everybody involved. My whole issue is just going to be, okay, if you're doing this, do it right, continue to do it right, and continue to make sure that you're getting the correct calls. Communication's fine. That's all well and good and wonderful, but get the correct calls out there. Make the best and the most out of replay. And, and find ways to just make the game more entertaining for the fans. That's I know that's not what anyone wants to hear because it's about money, but you know what? Fans bring money, so if you make it more entertaining to them, it'll end up being great for them. That's my whole point on the matter. Uh, also, Will Wade met with the media at SEC meetings, and what a joke this was. Like, I'm sorry. I understand that LSU brought him back, and I know that LSU – feels that uh, confident in his ability because, let's be honest, he's been recruiting at a very high level, but we're starting to see why. But this dude, he admitted he made a mistake in not trying to talk to LSU when all of these things were going on because he denied their meeting that they wanted to have. But he still is not denying that he offered money to players. They asked him about it. They asked him about the, quote, big-ass offer that, they off- that he offered to uh, of course, it was all through Christian Dawkins, but he had that in a text message, and they asked him, hey, did you say that? He's like, I don't know. I didn't hear the recording. <laughs> yeah, but did you say it, though? I don't know. No. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It's like, you're guilty of sin, man. Like, And I can't believe that they are still having him back. I can't believe this is still happening, and they're still signing some big-time players. Like, you ruin the trust of somebody, man. Once you ruin that trust, it's over. It's done. I can't. I just can't imagine and can't understand why you would try to handle it this way. Handle it in a way that this chode, Will Wade, is handling it. Maybe I'm overlooking it. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it. But it's just stupid. It's like, the guy's guilty of sin. He's as guilty as sin. And it's just, Whatever. Moving on. No big deal. I don't know. I don't buy it. And I don't buy that Will Wade's now going to clean up his act either. I think he just found out, I'm untouchable. I can't get hit. I got the athletic director essentially fired. He moved on. We got a better athletic director in here. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. That's how I see it. But, uh, you know, that was just another big news nugget that came out of SEC meetings as well. A weird news nugget, but a news nugget nonetheless. Hey, I want to remind everybody about our new Himalaya way of listening to podcasts. It's free, it's super easy to use, and it has every single podcast you love and you are searching for. Personally curated playlists made just for you by their expert podcast tastemakers. Theme collections to show of shows to help you with your podcast discovery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery and thrillers and sports. Follow and listeners can follow their favorite shows and their creators. So you can follow both of them with Himalaya. You can like and comment. You can give them the thumbs up and even comment on individual episodes. It's so easy. And you can also make them very shareable where you can build podcast playlists via the episode and customize it just like a playlist for songs and share it through social media, text, and email. Find and download the Himalaya app on the App Store 
or the Google Play Store. And don't forget to follow the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. First and foremost, got to make sure that happens. The Locked On Razorbacks podcast with the new Himalaya app. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.